This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. On today's episode, we're talking to Craig Ballantyne. Craig is a productivity and success transformation coach from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and the author of The Perfect Day Formula, How to Own the Day and Control Your Life. He has been contributing to Men's Health Magazine since 2000, and in 2001, Craig created the popular home workout program, Turbulence Training. On his journey to success, Craig has overcome crippling anxiety attacks, and he beat them with his five pillars of transformation. Today, Craig shows men and women how to use the five pillars to lose 10 to 75 pounds, get a raise and make money, find the love of their life, and overcome any obstacle in the way of success. You can read Craig's daily essays on success, productivity, and fitness at earlytorise.com. So you might be a little surprised that we have a guy on the show today. You know, when I first started the podcast, I thought we would only have moms on interviews. And then I thought, oh, well, if they're not moms, I could still have women on the show. And But then... I thought of Craig and Craig just wrote this amazing book, The Perfect Day Formula, which we're going to be talking about. And in addition to that, Craig has been a really influential person in my life. And so Craig was my business coach for a few years before Vinny was born. And he was really, really influential during that time. He has continued to inspire me years later because he, first of all, gets more done in a given day than any human being I know. But he also has this great way of keeping things really simple and that simplicity allows him to be so successful. And the ways that he allows everything to be simplified are very applicable to any life. And so it made it very easy when I was reading through the perfect day formula, I could see how everything he was saying is applicable to me and everything he's saying I think will be applicable to you. So if you're looking to create growth in any area of your life, I know that what Craig is going to talk about today is going to really, really impact you. So this is a special treat. This is a huge deal to me to have someone I've admired for many years on the show. And I hope that you'll enjoy this interview because I know that we're going to get so much out of it. Craig, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. And it's really fun to have someone who has been a mentor of mine for so long. So welcome. Thank you so much, Sarah. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you, it was funny because I haven't had any men on the show yet. And I have to say, when I started out doing interviews, I thought, oh, I'll just have moms. And then there was a couple of women that I wanted to have who weren't moms. And I was like, okay, well, they still fit. And then I was listening to you speak recently in an event. And then I read your book and I thought, oh my gosh, we have to have a guy on the show because the things that you say in your new book, The Perfect Day Formula are so relevant to moms and the population of our listeners. So I'm really excited to dive in. 
you have an outstanding gift with the written word and you have been writing so many things for so many years now. So I want to encourage anyone who loves things to read that are very actionable to go out and get a copy of your book. But what I also love about what you say and what you do is how you break things down into really actionable steps and you keep things really simple and figure outable. That's a word I stole from the lovely Marie Forleo. But I feel like whenever I've worked with you, whether it was in our mastermind group or over the years, as you've just been a mentor to me in so many capacities, you have a really great knack for making everything seem manageable. And I think a lot of times in our real life, behind closed doors, we feel like things are not so manageable. So can you tell us a little bit with your book, The Perfect Day Formula, tell us a little bit about how anyone can use that formula to improve their quality of life and how you did that exact thing? Well, yeah, a lot of it does come from my personal experiences. So I started out making all the mistakes that I mentioned in the book and then eventually building these systems and putting them into place. And it doesn't matter how busy you are as a, you know, a mom who might be a business owner as well, or a mom who might be taking care of three or four or five kids. We've had everybody in every situation read the book and find some ways of applying some of it, most of it, or even almost all of it into their life. And so one of the greatest success stories that I have is Isabel de los Rios, who you know, Sarah, and hopefully yes. many readers and listeners know. She's the creator of Beyond Diet, which has literally sold over a million copies of her program. And so she has helped a lot of people. And I was just listening to a video success story that she sent me. And it was, you know, she gets up very early in the morning like me. But the great thing is, is she's done work every day at 2.30 and that's running a big business and she goes for walks with her husband and she spends time with the kids. And the big thing with parents, both men and women, is I really wrote the book to help them be present with their children. So a lot of the book, you know, it talks about structure and this and getting more done and that. And, you know, it sounds pretty rigid, but the whole purpose of it is to be rigid in your work so that you are very, very free at night or whenever you want to make your free time so that you can be the parent who's not on their phone while you're at the park, while you're playing games with them, while you are helping them with their math homework, whatever it is, that's why this book was written. The book was not written to make you super type A. The book was written to give you structure, which I think you like this part. You said in your email to me that, you know, it's about structure, giving freedom and yes. People that are resistant to that, you know, I would just urge you to think of the analogy, well, what is there at every intersection? There's either a stop sign or a red light. And what would happen if there was no stop sign or a red light? It would be absolute chaos. It'd be dangerous. We would all end up in a lot of trouble because that's too much freedom. But if we have some structure with the red lights, then we have a free society that we can live and operate and be organized in and therefore go through it safely and effectively. So it is helpful to have that structure in your day. And also one more analogy, you know, a lot of people have structure in their diets. They might be a paleo diet or they might be a vegan. And, you know, those are rules around your eating that make it easier for you to function and get results. And so those are some examples of how people already have rules in place and so I'm not really asking people to make life any harder, but I'm actually showing you how to make it simpler. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, when I first got the book, I was expecting it to be a book all about how to build my business more efficiently, because that's the capacity that I have learned from you so greatly and deeply from in the past. And what I loved is just like you said, when you have the structure in place for certain areas of your life, it creates so much more freedom in other areas of your life. And so what I anticipated to be this business building book was actually like, oh, wait, like you said, with Isabel stopping work at three every day this is actually a book that will allow me to be a more functional mom because I definitely fall into that category of trying to squeeze in little things here and there that when I feel like I haven't managed my time when my son is in school, then I'm trying to squeeze it in after hours when he's right by my side and he's more and more like trying to grab the phone from me if I'm trying to sneak work in. So that concept of structure offering and providing freedom is huge for me. And I know for so many other moms, 
one of the things you talk about in the book, and you've talked so openly about this in the past, and I appreciate it so much, is your struggle with anxiety. And I think that's something that a lot of moms really struggle with on different levels. So there's, of course, coming from a place of clinical anxiety, which can be very overwhelming and quite crippling. And then there's just general life overwhelm. And I think that probably all moms struggle with some part of that, regardless of where they fall on the spectrum. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about how you developed the 3C formula and how that can help manage day-to-day anxiety or just daily overwhelm that I think that we all face. Yeah, I mean, everybody faces general anxiety. And just to give a quick background on mine, it was about as bad as you could get without having to resort to medication. So I did actually go to emergency rooms twice thinking that I was having a heart attack. I can laugh about it now, but it wasn't funny back then. For a period of at least six weeks, if not longer, it might have been three months, I actually suffered from a tight chest. I couldn't breathe, uh, tingling from the top of my head down to the end of my fingertips 24 hours a day for six to 12 weeks long. And it was really, really physically and mentally crippling. I couldn't exercise properly. I couldn't, you know, train my clients properly. I just wasn't able to be 100% there. And so I understand the level of overwhelm that a lot of people go through on a regular basis. And I think a lot of it comes down to not knowing, not knowing how things are going to turn out, not knowing how to deal with things, especially a new mom. You know, the first time you have a baby, obviously it's the first time you're dealing with so many of these things. It's like, okay, is the baby sick or, you know, is the baby like sick and he'll get better or is the baby like sick and I need to take the baby to the hospital? Right. And so terrifying. Yeah. You have all of those scary, scary things. And even when it comes down to helping your older children with homework and helping, you know, if you have employees or if you have help around the house, then it really comes down to communication and helping show them and give them a little bit of information as to what to expect because we just get anxiety when we don't know what to expect, when we can't really see the future. And so for anybody that is struggling a little bit of anxiety and overwhelm, it's try and get as much information about the situation as possible. It's classic, you know, I guess you would an analogy for that would be like in some type of combat situation. You want to know about as much about the situation and the enemy as possible. So in that case, you're going to want to connect with a couple of my pillars, my five pillars of success in the middle there of the book, which is a lot of people call it the gold of the book, because that's where it explains how to transform anything or improve any habit in your life. And if you need to overcome anxiety, then you need good people on your side. And so you need two types of people. You need one, which is professional accountability, someone who's going to be able to give you expert advice. And that doesn't have to necessarily be someone in person. It can be someone online. I think just being on this listenership to your shows, Sarah, is going to help so many people overcome anxiety in so many areas of their life because you're going to be giving expert advice. Your guests are going to be giving expert advice and you're going to be walking people through it. And when you walk people through it again, it's like, okay, this is what I can expect. This is what's happening now. This is where I am. I shouldn't be as worried as I am. You know, it's not as bad as it was for that other person and they made it through. And just that relief of the tension really, really helps people. And again, for every mom that's listening, you can help ease the anxiety of others just by using the same sort of system. So if you're the expert and, you know, you have the eight-year-old and she's I think you'd be learning multiplication tables around eight years old. But anyways, let's just say that you do. And you already have a 10-year-old that's gone through it. Well, you can say, listen, you know, your sister, Anna, she went through it. You know, here's what she did. It's going to be okay. You're going to do well and we'll help you learn this stuff. And then you ease anxiety of your child. Mm -hmm. And then likewise, you know, if you are going through something, you don't have no idea like how to deal with your kid's first day of school and the kid's really upset about it. Then you just go and find somebody else and you say, hey, your kid went through their first day of school last year. How did they deal with being away from you all day? And you get that advice and it eases your anxiety, it eases somebody else's anxiety. So it's the professional accountability is one and then positive social support is another, which is anytime you can be around other people who want to achieve the same sort of things as you, who are positive, who are always going to be cheering you on through the tough times in your life. 
who will always be there with a good word. Those are the people that you need in your life and you need to spend more time with them. And so adding those two relationships to your life, the more people that you have those relationships, the better is really going to ease the anxiety that you'll be going through in any situation. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. I love that. And I love that you mentioned the social support piece. And I think it's also really important that with aging and parenting, we often accept our social circle as it is and as it's been in the past. And I think as you evolve as a parent, and certainly through different career choices, it's okay to change the social system around you. And I see people who stay within the same social circle and rely on the same support for too long, and it's not supportive to them, and it's not helpful anymore. And so I really want to encourage people to find people who really are 100% supportive and positive and not holding them back and not dragging them down. Because I think that it's easy to rely on what's always been right in front of us and been comfortable. But sometimes those relationships aren't the ones that serve us best. And sometimes they're the ones that actually contribute to the anxiety and the daily stress that have us feeling in this place that feels uncomfortable and challenging and more so than it needs to be. And I know, Craig, that's something I've learned from you and other coaches about not letting those crabs pull you back in your life. So I wanted to just reinforce that piece as well. I would just add to that that most people who might be overwhelmed even by that idea, you'd be surprised as to how many good people are out there that want to help you. And once you do find a good person and you share with them what you want to achieve or you share what kind of help you need, 
they go into this automatic mode of doing everything they can to help you. So don't give up on looking for good people. I believe you can find them through your community, through your church, through online groups, through whatever it is you're involved with. There are good people out there and you just can never give up on looking for them regardless. But, you know, just keep on going and stay connected with as many people as possible. Again, online works very, very well. It doesn't have to be in person. You can get a lot of value out of that and just keep on going and going and finding that social support to put in your life. Yes, definitely. So can you touch a little bit on something? I love the concept of being proactive versus reactive to your day. And this is something that I've really been working on in my own life. It started as something relative to work where I was trying to not like dive into my email box first thing in the day. But it's also something with kids, often you're woken up, you know, your day can begin in a way that you choose or in a way that someone else chooses. And so with a small child, especially, you know, if you have a child that's like under three, it's often that you're woken up by the scream of your child at sometime between five and 7am. And that's how your day starts. So talk a little bit about the three C formula and living in that proactive versus reactive space. Right? Sorry, I forgot to mention the three C formula. Oh, that's before. Okay. okay, so the three C formula comes from stoic philosophy, believe it or not. So stoic philosophy is a old, old, old philosophical system. So it was a man named Epictetus who was a teacher of it in 2000 years ago. And essentially a self-reliance, I suppose. And so the three C's of his philosophy were control what you can, cope with what you can't, and concentrate on what counts. And that's exactly how I built the book. So I applied each one of those C's to one part of the day. And so in the morning, you control what you can. In the afternoon, you cope with the chaos of the world, so you cope with what you can't control, which is, you know, if you have a job, then obviously your boss might be in a bad mood and you can't control that. Traffic, you can't control that. If your kid does get sick, you can't control that. And so all you can control is how you respond to it, you know, your thoughts, words, and your deeds. And so that's what we're focusing on with the 3C formula, so that in the evening, you have built that structure into place so that you can concentrate on what counts at night, which is freedom and family and whatever else it is, whether it's health or wealth building, whatever you want to focus your evening hours on, you have them freed up for you so that you can do what you want. And again, that's why we built all this structure into our days. So that's a 3C formula. What was the first part of the question again, Sarah? Oh, just the idea of being proactive versus reactive. And as you start the day using that formula. Right, absolutely. So it's really just reactive people are always those people who are struggling. So a reactive person goes through life like this. You know, the night before the day, they have an extra glass or two of wine. So, you know, they know that one is fine, but they go two or three. And the next thing you know, that her and her husband polish off a bottle and a half or two bottles of wine. They stay up an extra hour or two later than they know they should, you know, watching something on Netflix. And that means they wake up late the next morning, they hit snooze, they're out of bed late, they're late to make breakfast for the kids, they're late to grab something for themselves. If they go to work, they're late to work, you know, it's coffee and sugar, and then therefore they're feeling terrible before lunch. Then at lunchtime, they didn't have a chance to make anything yesterday so they're going to fast food so they feel terrible at two o'clock they're falling asleep in their chair meaning that they don't get all their work done so they either take it home with them or they stay late they're home late for dinner they're late for picking up the kids you see where this is going and that's a reactive life always responding to other people's emergencies and never planning ahead now the proactive person has an amazing morning because it started yesterday at five o'clock with a little exercise called a brain dump. And so we put together this little kit and with this scripting pad. So you not only in our kit do you get the book, but you also get these little tools that walk you through how to create your vision and all this cool stuff. And then a scripting pad for scripting out your day and having a little area for a brain dump. Now you can do a brain dump on a scrap piece of paper. And all it is is simply going through, taking a scrap piece of paper, pen, all the ideas in your head all the ideas, all the people you need to connect with, all the stress, you write it down on that piece of paper. And you can do it at two times. So you can do it at 5 p.m. or you can do it maybe about an hour before you go to bed. And you just write out everything rushing madly through your head. And now it's on this piece of paper. So it's not in your head anymore. So you're already a little bit less stressed. And you take that piece of paper 
And if you have a work desk, you put it in your drawer and you shut the drawer. Or if you have a home office, you shut the door behind you. Or if you're doing it at home before you go to sleep, you put it in your purse or something for the next day. And it's removed from you. And so if you do it before bed, that means you have none of these crazy thoughts running through your head so that you can actually go to sleep and fall asleep without being stressed. Or you leave it at work and you just come back to it the next day. But it's out of your head. And that's where you start having a great day is actually last night. And then you start scripting out or planning your next day. So, you know, it's like I'm going to get up at this time of day. I know the kids are going to get up between here and here and I'll deal with it. But I'm going to be up a little bit before them on an average day so that I can sit down at my kitchen table, pull out another piece of blank paper and think about my number one opportunity or problem in life and how I'm going to solve this or take action on it. And even if you only have five minutes, that is going to be enough for you to make progress. Five minutes of clear thinking is five minutes more than most people are giving themselves right now. And I know that it's difficult, obviously, with very young children who are unpredictable. But once you get, you know, the kids start getting into a routine, then there's really, really no reason not to just slip out of bed a few minutes early, sit down at that kitchen table and think for a few minutes. Now, if you can't do it first thing in the morning, maybe there's another time of day where it's going to work for you. But you can't ignore that clear thinking time. If you want to be proactive and you want to get ahead, you have to be sitting and planning and preparing. And so that's what you do. Take all that little action before the next day so that you wake up and you get off to a quick start and you get that one little victory of thinking, making progress on your number one priority. And then no matter what happens over the rest of the day, it doesn't matter if both kids are puking at school. It doesn't matter if the dog wet the carpet in the living room. It doesn't (laughs) matter what happened, right? No one can take that victory away from you that you had in the morning. And that's why the morning is so important. I understand there are night owls and some people will do their better work at night. But for most people, I would say 80% of the people getting ahead of the game early in the morning is most important. Now, for those night owls, you might know that, hey, everybody's asleep at my house at 10 o'clock and I'm going to stay up until 11 and I'm going to take this advice and I'm going to restructure his perfect day formula so that I just have my amazing time in the evening where I get to work on the family's finances or you know, planning the trip to Disney or whatever the number one priority is, that's when I get to sit down and think about it. And that's fine. You can readjust it. You don't have to get up early to succeed with my formula. You just have to take the principles and apply them to your right life. And that's how you get ahead by being proactive. I love that. And I know that when we were in our mastermind group a couple of years ago, I remember some of the people talking about how they would, after the kids would go to bed, they would work for three hours. I cannot do that, but I can get up early. So you have, I agree, like you do which one works best for you. And now with Vinny being three and a half, we have a system where no matter what time he wakes up, he has quiet time in his room until his clock turns green. And so I have very predictable structure in the morning. So I know if I get up at six, he's not coming out of his room until we've been lucky enough to push it to 745, which most parents would probably want to hurt me for being able to keep my kid in his room that long. So I have from six to 745 to get done as much as I want to. So I feel very much in control of how the day is going to play out before Vinny even comes out of his bedroom. That's not to say there aren't exceptions to that because there are mornings where he's like screaming for me to come help him with a Lego or something. But for the most part, we have that system in place and he expects it. He knows if he pops out of his room, he's going to see me in the middle of my workout or see me doing something at the computer. And so I appreciate that it also sets a tone for this is what we do as a family. And I think this will help as we start talking about how you set up rules, Craig, because I think when the family sees that this is how things work, then as we mentioned, structure creates freedom. And so it creates freedom for everyone when Vinny knows that like, okay, mom is doing her workout right now. And when that is done, then my light's going to turn green. And so everyone knows what's going on. And that helps alleviate anxiety for everyone. So, you know, I struggle with anxiety. My son, we think is going to, he's we're actually having him assess for anxiety soon. So This structure and having everyone be on the same page and know what to expect is so key. So with that kind of start talking a little bit about you have mentioned rules already. And I want to go a little deeper into how do you create rules for your life? Because I think that concept is really brilliant. And I think it also does such a great job of alleviating some of the negotiation that goes on. So I know a lot of times people will like talk themselves out of doing a workout. And I have long said for myself and with my gym clients at my local facility here in Seattle that 
I don't talk myself out of workouts because it's just an ingrained thing that I do. Like, I don't know what else to do at 6am. I get up and I work out. That's just what I do. And so it's never anything that's negotiable. And I guess that would in my go back to that being a rule for me. And it's been a rule for so long. I don't even think about it. So can you talk a little bit about how you create rules for your life and why that would be so important for someone? Right. And so for anybody who's just completely overwhelmed by the thought, here's the great thing. You already have most of your rules, your operating system, your personal philosophies, your personal commandments, whatever you want to call them. So, you know, if you're intimidated by calling them rules, think of them as personal philosophies, but you already operate by these. And so when I, for some strange reason, sat down on a Sunday afternoon in in the year 2011, and I wrote these out, it was very easy for me because I realized I was always operating according to a certain system. And, you know, I get up and I exercise at 6 a.m. every day. That's what I do. That's just, you know, what she does. And and I also liked your comment about how that sets the tone for your family. That's just what your family does, you know, has quiet time in the morning. And I think that's really wonderful. And so, again, most people already have rules for the family. They have rules for themselves. They have rules for their diet. They have rules for their family interactions. They have rules for how they behave as a person. And so now all I want you to do is take those out of your head and just kind of put them down on paper. And they allow you to share with the most important people and even just with yourself that this is how we operate. This is literally what we do, how we structure our lives, obviously leaving lots of space in there for you to have your freedom. But this is how, again, it's really a computer operating system almost and that you know, this is what we do. This is how we operate. And so that by having these operating systems in place, it allows us to make the right decisions for our family. So, you know, you might have a rule, you know, we go to church every Sunday and we volunteer in the church every Wednesday evening. This is what we do. And then that makes it easier for you to say to the school or to other activities that say, Hey, we do this every Wednesday night. Do you want to join us? And you say, no, we can't ever join you because we have a rule that we're involved with our church on a Wednesday evening, and we're not going to violate that rule because it's really, really important to us. And then you take that and you know you apply that to your health and wellness. So as Sarah has her rule, you might have your rule that maybe not necessarily the exact same time, but you might say, no matter what, I move around for 30 minutes every day. And that might mean walking. It might mean playing with your child. It might mean actually going to a gym. It might mean swimming, whatever it is. But you make sure that you get 30 minutes of movement every day. And it could also be yoga, Pilates, stretching, whatever you want. But you have that in place so that you know that this is how you operate. And it's an operating system that takes care of you. And it makes these things automatic so that you become more successful in every area of your life. And so that it requires less willpower on your part. So if Sarah got up and said, you know what, I know I need to work out today. But then she, you know, got really busy first thing in the morning. You know, maybe it was the morning when Vinny called in for Lego help, you know, needed a helper in the building of the <laughs> Death Star. Do you have the Lego Death Star? No, we've just gotten started with Legos. <laughs> I bought it for my business partner. It's $500 Lego set. And oh my god. the Death Star. He was actually angry at me. Because I was going like, to say, Vinny can never know about this. Right, right. There's some crazy stuff out there. there anyway, is. so, you know, it might be one of these mornings where she gets called in to do that. And then, you know, if she doesn't have a rule that she exercises at some point in the day. She'll, you know, find herself at 930 at night going, oh, wait a minute. I was supposed to exercise today and, you know, I didn't get around to it. And now I feel bad. But if I have a rule, then I simply make time for it. And you will find that. When you have publicized these rules, even to yourself, that you will stick to them. And so for me, you know, I quit swearing five years ago, which is kind of an odd thing to say, but I used my five pillars of success to do it. And now I tell everyone that I don't swear. And so for me to swear in front of somebody would be hypocritical. And the world does not like a hypocrite. You know, the world in general sees a hypocrite as one of the worst character flaws that you could possibly have. So if you tell the world that you volunteer and, you know, you're home for dinner every night and then they, the world finds out that you're never home for dinner and you never <laughs> volunteer, then you're going to feel absolutely terrible. But if you've made this a rule, then you're going to find a way to put that into your life. So whatever habit or good type of living that you want to take up, 
you can include that as a rule as well. And so in my book, I have 12 rules. You can also read them on my website, earlyrise.com, and you can just see like, okay, I see how I can modify this rule for me. This one doesn't apply. I'm not going to do that. But, you know, I have this rule about how we get together with family every week or something. So that's going to be a rule for me. And so you just create, again, your own operating system that eliminates the amount of willpower and discipline that you need over the course of the day so that you can save that willpower and discipline for more important matters. Yeah, that's great. And I think decision fatigue is a real thing. And I think that when we have to make so many decisions, you know, even if you just look at the idea of diet and exercise, and every day you make over 200 decisions that impact your weight, decision fatigue is such an overwhelming thing that we don't even think about or notice. And when you have rules to fall back on, it just reinforces like, yes, I do this. No, I don't do that. And it keeps it super black and white, which I really appreciate. And I think that people who have these busy, overwhelming lives that moms have, I think it's really important to create some space for black and white. With that said, in the world of motherhood, even the best laid plans completely fall apart sometimes. So it's great to have rules and it's great to have structure, but these things are going to completely fall apart. And that can be very humbling and frustrating. And I see many times where if things fall apart a certain number of times, then the towel gets thrown in. So what's your advice to moms who are trying to be more structured in their days, but things just get in the way. Like one kid gets sick after the other. There's days off of school and there's all these crazy unplanned events and mishaps. And how do you recover from that? And how can you rein yourself back in? This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted? And Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, I think it's important to almost, not that you need a rule for it, but you need a general acceptance that this is going to happen so that when it does happen, you are already mentally prepared for it. So I know that I'd love to do X, Y, and Z tomorrow, but I also know that there's a flu going around in junior's class and he's going to get it eventually. So I need to be mentally prepared for that. And when it comes up, I'm not going to be as overwhelmed by it because I'm going to know that, okay, if he's going to get sick and he is, what do we need in order to deal with that? So, you know, we need to make sure that we have some childcare arrangement. I'm going to need to be able to call into work and say, listen, I can't come to work today because I'm going to be at home with my kid. It's going to be, you know, what materials do we need in the house, you know, in order to deal with whatever illness that the kiddo's going through. And so it's just a general preparation. And so the first pillar in my five pillars of transformation and success is better planning and preparation. And what that means is the more that we can look ahead and identify every obstacle to our days and our weeks, and the more that we can build two solutions for each obstacle. So not just one solution, but each obstacle gets two solutions in case the first one doesn't work the better prepared we're going to be. We're just going to be like the Boy Scouts, really well prepared. 
And then that way, when emergencies come up, they're still going to be difficult. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat things and say, like, hey, read my book and you're never going to have a problem again. <laughs> Obviously, everybody's going to have problems, but we can make them less of a problem, not only in how we deal with them, you know, being prepared, but also how we frame the problem in our minds, which is what the Stoic philosophers were talking about. You know, they talked about control what you can. Okay, I can control, I can prep. You know, it's just like a hurricane. I can prep as much as I want, but I can't control that wind. I can't tell it to stop. I can't tell the rain to stop. I can't control the flooding. I can just do the best I can to prepare for it. And I know that it's coming. And then once it's safe to go back to my house, I'm not going to be angry or really upset. I'm just going to deal with the mess that has been made. And so that's the mindset. And then, you know, the sooner we work to get back on track, the sooner things actually become better. So, again, it's going to be tough some days. There are going to be days where you're going to want to, you know, yell and scream. But if you're a little bit better prepared, it'll be a little less stressful. And away we go. And you learn from this situation so that next time you're like, okay, you know, next winter when all the flus and stuff come, you go, okay, what happened last year? Oh, yeah, that happened, that happened, that worked, that didn't work. Here's how we're going to make it better this time around. And hopefully it does. Right. So I recently saw you at fitness event in California, and I was there for four days, and I got home at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. And Vinny had a high fever. And I was like, of course, like, all I want to do is the 47 things on my list of things to do mm -hmm. that I walked away from the conference with. And he has a high fever, he couldn't go to school for the next two days. And I was very frustrated and overwhelmed initially. But what I thought on that Monday morning is he was just miserable and poor guy. So we just were laying on the couch and cuddling. And I thought, you know, I've been gone for four days and my mind has been on overdrive for four days. It's okay to lay on the couch and cuddle for a while and then look at like, what are my high priority items that need to take place today? Rather than needing to do everything that I learned at the conference in one day, I was able to just do some couple high priority items while he was sleeping that day and then kind of just enjoy like today is going to be a different kind of a day. But there's a lot of value in having the flexibility to stay home with my child when they're sick and all those kinds of things. So appreciating it for what it is and working within that framework rather than letting it just feel like a totally lost day, which I have to admit is totally my inclination when things don't go the way I expect them to. So I definitely appreciate that philosophy and train of thought. So let's talk a little bit about how moms reward themselves. I want to talk a little bit about 10-3-2-1-0 formula. And I know that I'm not alone, and I see this in my clients too, where it seems like the easiest way to indulge or reward yourself as a parent, and especially a mom if you're the one primarily home with kids, is with sugar, caffeine, and alcohol, because those are the things that are immediately accessible versus something like a spa day or a date night, which has to be planned way in advance. There's not an immediate sense of gratification, whereas sugar, caffeine, and alcohol, it's like the day has been rough, let's just dive into those things, and they can give you that immediate gratification but then there can be long-term effects of those things. And I know like for me, I can't do caffeine anymore. I've been off of it for about a month and a half now, and it's been so much better. So can we talk a little bit about the things that give you immediate gratification and then how you keep that manageable with your formula? Right. I'm not a mom, but I certainly know how rewarding those things can be in a way. So what we need to do, first of all, is take a look at ourselves, a little bit of monitoring ourselves and then applying the old scientific method, which is cause and effect. So what I recommend that moms do is get a little journal, and then over the course of the day, after you have breakfast and after you have coffee, and you know if you do have some of these other things, a lot of caffeine or you know sugar or something, and then lunch and dinner, and just record how you feel after. And also record what you're doing over the course of the day so that you identify where you're really productive, where you struggle, and all that type of stuff so that now we can go and take a look at, okay, here's how I ate over the last couple of days. Here's what I got done. Here's when I was really effective. Here's when I slumped. Here's the night when I slept really well. Here's the night when I slept really poorly. And now we start connecting the dots. And now we go, okay, if I have coffee at five o'clock, I get a lot done, but then I don't fall asleep until midnight and I ruin the next morning. So what am I going to do about that? Well, from there, you identify the hurdles, the obstacles, and then we come up with a couple of solutions, as I mentioned before. But with the alcohol, caffeine, and sugar, 
I would just say, and I'm going to ask you how you actually kick the caffeine in a second, but I would say just start dialing it back. Instead of drinking the entire coffee, pour a bit of it down the drain. This is actually what I do when I wanted to kick caffeine because I'm really sensitive to caffeine. Or, you know, if I want to go out and have just one drink with a friend and, you know, next thing you know, you order two. But even when I didn't drink like the last quarter of the second drink, I just felt like it was a victory. Whether, you know, I told the waitress to take it away or you pour it down the drain, you may have eaten three quarters of a giant cookie that you got at Starbucks. But if you don't eat that last quarter, it's still a victory. And so every time you do that, you know, the next time you only eat half of it and then you throw the rest of the way. And the next time you just take a bite of somebody else's. And then every time that you do that, it's a victory. And so it's not a defeat when you eat most of the cookie. It's a victory because you didn't eat all of the cookie. And it's not a defeat when you go to Starbucks and you order the big grande or venti coffee and you drink most of it. It's a victory because you didn't drink all of it. And so you... Once you've identified the things that are actually not good for you, and for some people, caffeine is not an issue. I mean, my mom can have a coffee at 8 o'clock at night when I visit her, when I go out for dinner with her, and she has no problem falling asleep. But I do, and so I can't do that. But if you do have a problem with any of those nutrients, I suppose we'll call them, then we need to just find ways to overcome that. And I think the victory mentality is one way of doing things and then also dialing it back and making sure that you understand that this is what happens when I take in the stimulus to my body. Here's the adaptation that my body has to that. could be breaking out in acne. It could be anxiety. It will probably be a feeling of pleasure at first, but how do you feel a couple hours later? What does it do to your sleep? And so I wrote that entire chapter in the book about helping people get better sleep by eliminating uh, certain of those nutrients, but also you know, there's a certain time period up over the course of the day that you can have those without repercussions to your sleep. And so it's a 10-3-2-1-0 formula. And what that means is 10 hours before bed, you should stop drinking caffeine because if you stop then, it shouldn't interfere with your sleep. Three hours before bed, you should stop drinking alcohol, which generally means you're going to have to start drinking in the afternoon. But (laughs) other than that, it's okay. And then two hours before bed, you don't want to have any heavy meals or spicy foods. So Those are some of the things that you can change that will help you have a better sleep. One other thing is to not look at any electronic screens within an hour of bedtime. That's another thing that increases our level of alertness and arousal, and we want to avoid that. So those are some things that we can help to make tomorrow a little easier. Now tell us, Sarah, how did you kick caffeine six weeks ago? I actually, so similar to what you said, I cut back gradually. So I went from like having, and I was only like a one cup a day drinker anyways, but I crash so hard eight hours after I have it that it just makes my afternoon miserable. So I would have a big cup in the morning and that would be it for the day. But what I started doing was like having a half of a cup. And then, so I did a half a cup for, this was a two month process where I thought about giving it up. So then after I moved to the half a cup and then for like the last couple of weeks, I pour the half a cup, but I would only take a few sips of it. So I never finished the half cup. So then when I actually went off, I didn't have any withdrawals and I have to admit, I did have the flu like the week before there was a couple days in there. I didn't have any just cause I was super sick, but even after the flu, I had it for a few days and then went back off of it. And I didn't have any withdrawals at all. And what I like to do when I go, so I actually just recently did 11 days off of wine, which was probably the bigger sacrifice because I am someone who needs wine when I have a screaming child at 6 p.m. And so I am not a huge drinker, but I love my one glass of wine when I'm making dinner. And so I recently did 11 days. What? It takes the edge off. It totally takes the edge off. So I recently took that out and that was harder than the coffee, I'll admit. And I obsessed about it a little bit more. But what I found in both situations, what reinforced taking both things out was instead of thinking about it from a deprivation standpoint, I thought about it from how much better I felt when I wasn't doing it. So what I noticed with the caffeine is that I didn't crash in the afternoon. And with the alcohol, I noticed that at bedtime, when I was putting Vinny to bed, I was less tired and cranky because that one glass of wine does make me tired. And so I noticed like all of last week, we'd be reading stories and I was super into it instead of like dragging through stories and being like, I just want to be done. (laughs) I was super into the stories and actually 
just much more cheerful at bedtime, which I felt like it was a better way to end the day for everyone. So I tried to really focus on what are the positive things about this, not saying that I'll never have a cup of coffee again, or I'll never have a glass of wine again, but just noticing the positive impact of those choices rather than white knuckling it through, just thinking that I'm taking something away from myself. And that helped me a lot. Yeah. And I look at it as, you know, I have what I call my purity days. So I'll try and go two purity days and then one caffeine day. And basically, like, just try and make the purest choices all day long. And that mentality, that mindset of, okay, today's a purity day helps me make the right decisions at every meal. It just makes me feel better when I accomplish it. But also just I sleep a lot better when I avoid that stuff. Yeah, I do too. So I want to talk a little bit about you did a beautiful job in the book about sharing your family vision at the end of the book. And I would love to talk a little bit about how does one create a vision and that kind of shifts us right into concentrating on what counts. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's actually my favorite part of the book. I love helping people create visions. I love creating visions for my family, for my businesses, just because it's essentially like writing the screenplay of the future of your life. So it's like back to the future too, I guess. That's where they go to the future, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think? I think so. Okay, so yeah, it's essentially what you're going to do here is Picture your dream life as if you've already accomplished it and you're going to write out a vision from about three to five years into the future. So you're going to be saying, okay, in three to five years from the future, right now my kid's two, he's going to be five. Okay. You know, we're living, we just moved to the great new house on this street in our town. You know, now we have this, like a pool in the backyard. You know, these are the cars that we drive. Our son is now five years old. He goes to this school. He's into this activity after school. But most of the time, he's you know home with us, and we have dinner every night as a family because my husband you know made a change in his schedule so that he gets home in time for dinner. He works for one hour after dinner after our son goes to bed, but that's okay because we spend all Saturday and Sunday together, and there's no work time. And every Sunday, we spend from 1 p.m. till 5 p.m. at grandma's house. And, you know, we do this, this, and this, and this is our vacation in the summer. And that's as specific as you want to get. You really want to identify what really matters to you in life, which is whether it's you're really focused on family right now, or you're really focused on your personal health or your child's health, whatever it is, you just want to identify what really matters and then write your vision about having accomplished success in that area and just being very clear of exactly where you want to be. And I mean literally exactly where you want to be. So if you want to move into your dream house, talk about having moved into your dream house and give it the address and talk about everything. If you want to have a couple more children, if you want to mention that you've had the child and you've named the child and this is what the child looks like and just be very, very specific because I've done this before and I've achieved exactly what I wanted to achieve in certain areas of my life because I've been very, very clear. So it's just like having you know, a destination in mind. If you know exactly where you want to go, if you know that you're in Tampa, Florida, and you are going to Disney World, then you know exactly how to get there. There is a highway that will get you exactly there. And if you make the right decision of getting on that exact highway, you will get there. But if you start taking turnoffs and following other cars because they're nice cars or making decisions to just, you know, we're randomly going to turn here and there and not being proactive, but being reactive, you'll end up off the road towards your destination and you won't achieve your vision. So having that vision gives you that very, very clear destination, helps you make the right decisions that move you towards it every day. And that's the importance of it. That's perfect. And I think it can be overwhelming to sit down and write something like that out. So I was so inspired when I read yours. I was like, oh, now I know how I could kind of frame this. Um, And similarly with your 12 rules, when you read someone else's and use that as a guideline, it makes it a lot easier to, you can obviously change so much of it to make it personal to you. But I loved that you put in so much of yourself into both of those pieces that you could see exactly how someone else could go through and do it and just curtail it for themselves. So I appreciate that you shared so much of that part of yourself. Cause I know that those are like super personal things to share and you went all in on them. And I thought that was great. Yeah. Well, I would just add to that, Sarah, that the more you are comfortable sharing again, the more that other good people are going to be out there trying to help you make those dreams come true. And two, the more it's going to make you act in accordance with your morals and virtues and dreams. Because if you've told somebody that you want to do X, Y, Z, you're going to go out and 
make sure that you keep your promise to that person. So again, you don't look like a hypocrite because you're doing stuff that isn't conducive to you reaching those goals. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree. So what's one action step a listener can take today to take control of their time and own their day? Number one thing that somebody can do is get up five minutes earlier tomorrow and take action on the number one priority. So if the number one priority is eliminating $2,000 worth of credit card debt, you sit down at your kitchen table tomorrow, you know, you print off your bank statement or your credit card statement, go through it, find out where you can eliminate expenses, find out where you can maybe even transfer the debt over to a lower interest credit card. That's what you're going to do. You're going to spend five to 15 minutes on that first thing in the morning. And if you do that every single morning, you're going to wipe out that debt faster than if you had just been reactive and tried to eventually find time to do it. So that's really, really important. Make sure that you make that time and work on the number one thing in your life. Perfect. I love that. And that's attainable. Anyone can do something for five minutes tomorrow morning. So can you tell us just quickly how we can get your book? And actually, and like you said, it's not just a book, it's a kit. It's an amazing, you have your whole unboxing video of it. I've watched, but can you tell us what you get with the book and where we can find it? Right. So if someone just wants the book, they can get that at Amazon in all forms. Really cool stuff. You know, the audio book actually outsells everything by twice, you know, the Kindle and the hard copy, mostly because it's really great for moms. You know, you can listen to it anytime hands-free. And so it's really wonderful. And, you know, you need to take notes, obviously, but it's a good place to start. Now, there's also the kit at perfectdayformula.com. And you can see me in this little video there taking you through all the excellent tools that we have in the kit. And in the kit, there's goal setting tools and vision creation tools. And I ask you many, many questions that you need to answer. So it's easy for you to create your vision. And then there's all these questions for creating your rules, helping you identify the priorities in your life so that it's easy for you to create the rules for your life. And then I help you set up the five pillars of success and transformation for your specific goals and habit changes. And then there's also this big stack of paper that allows you to have your brain dumps and your scripting time and identify something called magic time that helps you get more done. And it's really, really, really a done for you solution for changing your life. And then we also give you a free copy of my gratitude journal, which is something I've created over the years, which has made a huge difference in my life. And it just reminds us of, you know, even on tough days, there are so many things to be thankful for, and it ends your day with a smile on your face. So that's all the really cool stuff that you get. And you can check that video out at perfectdayformula.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Craig. Thank you for your time and for everything that you put into this book, because I know it's really going to help so many people. Um, And I'm really excited for some of these moms to get a hand copy of it and start implementing some of it right away. So let's make sure everyone takes their five minutes tomorrow morning. And with that, thank you so much for your time today, Craig. I appreciate you coming on the show and I hope we can talk again soon. Thanks so much, Sarah. Those were awesome questions and that's what made this one of the best interviews I've ever done. Ah, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, we will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a lot. I always learn so much when I hear Craig talk and it's so meaningful to me and has really, really impacted the direction I've taken my life personally and professionally in the last five or six years. So I hope you've taken away some great nuggets. I would love to hear what you do tomorrow morning for those five little minutes of gold you give yourself. Always feel free to come check out other episodes of the Shameless Mom Academy or check out the show notes from this episode at shamelessmom.com. And there's nothing I would appreciate more than a review if you found this episode to be meaningful for you. So you can always head over to shamelessmom.com forward slash review to leave us a five-star review. I read every single review. Many of them make me cry. Some of them make me laugh. I can't tell you how much your words mean to me. So thank you for everyone who's already done that. If you haven't done it yet, head on over. Let me know what you're thinking about the show. I love all the feedback. Additionally, we are on social media a little late to the game here, people. (laughs) We are up on Instagram at the Shameless Mom Academy. And we're also on Facebook at the Shameless Mom Academy. So a girl can only do so much at a time. All right. So come see us on social media or on our website and connect. I love connecting. So I can't wait to talk to you soon. Until next time, make sure you do something today just for you that is 100% shameless.
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.